Are you looking to connect with others on the countercultural sober path? If so, why don't you come over and join the I Kissed Alcohol Goodbye Sober Family Facebook group? The link is in the show notes, or you can search it on Facebook groups, I Kissed Alcohol Goodbye. We look forward to seeing you there. And now let's get to the show. What's up, sober family? Welcome to I Kissed Alcohol Goodbye, the podcast for newly sober people learning to love ourselves instead of booze. Getting to that point where it's not... There's no goal. There's no destination, final destination. Okay. Of that like it's just allowing myself to continually be a work in progress. On this episode, Al and I are excited to host Kevin Bellack, who is also known as the Sober Ginger on Instagram, and he is a Thrive Coach on the Reframe app, and has been a big inspiration for me and many others over this past year, especially since a lot of us have joined uh, Reframe. Anyway. I'm your host, Dana Kroll. I'm a former army chaplain who developed a toxic relationship with alcohol after leaving the military. I stayed on a roller coaster of rock bottoms, recoveries, and relapses until finally, in the winter of 2022, found my way out of the cycle by connecting with people like you. After kissing alcohol goodbye, my goal is to never go back, but I can't do it alone, so let's break up with booze together. And with me in the studio today, as always, is Al K. Halfrey, my spirit animal for sobriety. And uh, <laughs> I've also got uh, Spruce in the studio, my um, new uh, PTSD service dog. So if he makes an appearance like he's done in the uh, season three trailer where he knocked over the, the microphone while I was recording, then don't be surprised. Um, so I want to say welcome, Kevin. And we're excited to hear from you about your story. I also should note at the beginning uh, that a friend of mine calls you Hot Kevin. So just so you know, that is your nickname uh, oh, out nice. there. So. Nice. I don't know how I don't know how Mrs. Bilak will feel about that, but yeah, I know I don't I don't know how that's exactly where my mind <laughs> my mind went as well. Thanks. No, that's awesome. Um, you know that's 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 relative though, right? Because you know she could just have some not hot Kevin's in her life, and you know maybe you're just the the hotter Kevin that she knows. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it, it, I, I, I'll take that as a compliment, but I also want to see the other people that she's compared to. Um, no, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. I know you're a busy guy and you're doing things like leading Atomic Habits uh, book club on Reframe and leading all sorts of meetings and doing coaching. And man, you're a busy guy. Yeah, it has definitely uh, been an interesting year. I'll say that, uh, you know, with because I mean, I just shifted careers full time from tax accounting to coaching full time. So yeah. Um, it's taken some getting used to, but getting used to it, uh, liking it and no, it's been great. Um, it's great working with everybody and yeah. So tell us about that background because I mean, that's a big shift to, to make. It's one that I'm trying to make as into the world of, of coaching slowly, but surely hopefully. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to hear more about what, I mean, aside from my personal, I think our audience is fascinated to hear. How did you go from tax accounting to, you know, full-time coaching and, and tell us about how long you've been sober and all that good stuff. So I'm currently, uh, I think on Saturday, maybe will be like three and a half years alcohol-free. Awesome. Um, coming up on four years. It's about four years, like really working on it. Um, but you know, I've tried different things, you know, before that to cut back for a little bit of time, stop for a little bit of time. And that just didn't work. Um, for me, you know, until I really got serious with it. Um, but I think I'm getting ahead of myself, like, cause he, I, 
basically started my drinking career in college. Like I didn't really drink much before that. Um, and you know, with that, it became binge drinking, uh, was pretty much the norm. Uh, you know, I was in fraternity, I played football for two years. And so those kind of worlds are, you know, fairly regular binge drinking happens. Um, and you know, that was just kind of my college having fun, going to class, playing football, doing whatever. Uh, and, and then I, you know, got a job in big four, uh, accounting firm and, you know, kind of was a lot of the same. Like we had, you know, deadline driven, uh, big parties after deadlines, going mm-hmm. to happy hours, things like that. But it was a lot of work and, you know, we enjoyed ourselves. you know, afterwards, uh, yeah. You know, not like daily, but like weekends, uh, and then different happy hours, different deadline, like April 15th, whenever tax filing day, um, you know, that was a huge party. I bet. Uh, and, yeah. uh, you know, it just kind of was more of the same drinking style that I continued. Um, and then, you know, kind of go forward a couple of years. I was like 24, got married, uh, 27. Uh, my daughter was born, you know, and, and, she's 15 now, but you know, at that point I switched from big four accounting to corporate accounting, okay. uh, which is a little bit more structured, a little bit less deadline driven. Oh, it was still deadline driven, but it was a little less, uh, it wasn't as much work. Okay. Um, it was still busy, but you know, it was, it was a lot calmer, uh, than my old job. Uh, you know, and it was like, Hey, you know, then I kind of settling into my thirties and, you know, just, it was less, you know, had a kid, you know, new house, it was less going out and binge drinking, uh, more, you know, just occasionally going out socially and, and doing that. But I, that was like my, always my thing. I never had an off switch. Okay. Uh, so if I started, it was hard to stop. Yeah. Um, but as my thirties rolled on too, it was like, Oh, I'd come home and grab a beer for, you know, uh, to wind down after work. And then it was two and then, you know, just slowly crept in. And then, well, you know, in 2015 is when like my drinking was like always like kind of, I could draw this on the whiteboard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it was always kind of going up. And then it was like, it was that big shift where 2015 big project, it went up like that. Mm-hmm. And then I, I set a new bar um, just because, you know, I was, I was at the kind of the forefront of the, this one giant corporate transformation project at work. And I was just working all the time. Um, and that's how I, like, once I finished, you know, at, at night I would be like, all right, I'm just going to drink. And this is my, this is my time now. Yeah. Uh, and I just started like drinking to cope with stress and, uh, things like that. I never woke up and drank. I never drank at work. I never did any of that, but you know, that's where it showed up and it became more of, you know, me just falling asleep on the couch, falling asleep, passing out, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's just kind of how that's what I use to cope. Um, because okay. I never really learned many coping mechanisms, uh, before that, uh, you know, other than, Hey, have a, have a beer to, to wind down. Um, did it so, kind of shift from you were drinking with other people to drinking by yourself then during that period as well? Or yeah, yeah, yeah it was definitely, that's definitely when it shifted to me drinking it, uh, uh, by myself. Uh, I still did social things. I still, you know, went out and, and, uh, with friends and, and, you know, did that, but then I would come home and keep drinking. Okay. Kind of how I, you know, and I just didn't feel like stopping. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of keep riding that, 
uh, that high or whatever. And, um, and then, yeah. And then 2015 turned into 2016, like, Hey, it's done. Now we got to implement it. And then it's, then it's like, Hey, okay, we we're done with that. Now our company's, you know, looking at being a, or, uh, targeted for acquisition. So then I was, then I was working on that project. It was just one thing after another. And the whole time it was just like, went like this and it just kept, you know, increasing my, my drinking level. And, you know, 2018 was when it kind of started. That's when I would say, like, I started realizing my mental health was not, uh, doing that great, uh, to say the least. And then that's when also my, you know, our, our company made us get like these blood work done or else we got like surcharged for, uh, healthcare. Uh And, uh, so because of that, like I went to my doctor, got my blood work and he's like, Oh, your liver enzymes are, are high. Let's get an ultrasound. And yeah, that's when, uh, I think it was August of 18 when I got the ultrasound and they were like, Oh, you have fatty liver. Okay. And my response was always like, I always, I was like, well, obviously (laughs) like look at the way I drink. Like Mm -hmm. when I, cause I I would wake up in the morning and my like liver would be inflamed. Um, and I would feel it. Uh, you know, and, and so I knew something was not right and I just didn't know what to do about it. Like, so August happened, but then in October I was, I was like, oh yeah, sober October, I'll do that. Um, that'll fix it. But, but I just said it, like, I always likened it to, I did a reel on this where from the office where Michael Scott's going to declare bankruptcy and all he does is say, I declare, I declare bankruptcy. Yeah. That's what, that's all I did. I was like, I declared sober October and then I did nothing else. And I'm like, I've expected it to just happen. And then I drank, you know, on a Friday because guess what? I I did this and October 15th is a huge deadline for us. So Mm. busy, I was stressed and all that stuff. And, you know, it's funny how, when I say, I'm, I'm just not going to drink and I don't do anything else that it didn't work. Like, yeah. Um, and then I was like, well, October's done. So I might as well just keep drinking. Cause you know, I, I fell down so I can't get back up yet. I have to wait for November 1st now. Uh, but November 1st came and went and I didn't bother anything there, but it just kept getting, I guess, worse and worse in my head. Um, yeah. you know, I, would spend, you know, I would fall asleep in the basement and wake up with all the lights on the TV on and listening at five in the morning to the water running through the pipe. Cause my wife was taking a shower upstairs, getting ready for work. Mm-hmm. And that's when I woke up and I was like, Oh, okay. I'll go upstairs now and get a couple more hours before I have to get my daughter off to school. And, um, you know, it just kind of was that cycle that I couldn't break out of and just kept getting like darker and darker in my head, uh, because of that. And, and then it was, yeah, I mean, I, I kept, kept looking, I kept, you know, reading up on things, trying to, what can I do? What can I do? Um, and I would say like, you know, for me, it was like, I could do AA or I could keep drinking. And I'm like, well, everything I'm not, this isn't like working for me in my head. Like, uh, it, it, AA wasn't something that I meshed with, I guess, yeah. just from reading on it. Yeah. And so not actually trying it. Um, so I was like, I'll just keep drinking until I figure out what I need to do. And I was trying like, you know, and I always attribute like Russell Brand's book as, as, as one of the things that pushed me, uh, because of his thing where he's like, are you on your own going to unfuck yourself? And when I heard that, I was like, well, nope, nope, that's it right there. I'm yeah. like, I, I need to do this with some, I need to do something 
with somebody else. I don't know what that is though. And looking back, had I gone to AA, I think I would have been all in. I think it would have helped just, just connecting with somebody. But yeah. the fact that I didn't know anybody who did that, I didn't, you know, know where to go. And I could have looked easily on the, on sure. the internet and found it. Uh, but again, knowing myself, that step was way too much to take. It was way yeah. too far of a gap to take. And so I, I kept looking I'm like, well, okay, I'm not going to do this on my own. So what else can I do? And I found uh, online therapy and, okay. you know, my, what I consider my bottom is that's why I always tell people like rock bottom doesn't have to be uh, legal troubles or yeah. you know, relationship troubles or anything like that. Like I was sitting on my couch down there and I, it was a Tuesday night and I, I you know, it was, I drank way too much on Monday and Tuesday and I, I tried to like be, I got a, I don't know how much I, you want me to no, throw out there, but uh, okay. you know, I got, you. I got the uh, liter of whiskey on Monday and I drank some of that, like after I was done working that day. And on Tuesday I came, I drank half of that. And on Tuesday I came home and I was like, well, I'm not going to drink that because I don't want to finish. I know I'm stressed out. I'll, I know I'll finish that. And I don't want to finish that. So I yeah. had a bottle of wine. Uh, and then I went from the bottle of wine to the whiskey and I finished the whiskey anyway. Yeah. Um, and that's when I just broke down and I was like, I can't keep fucking doing this anymore. Yeah. I signed up on, you know, for therapy that night and yeah, I'm still with my, with my therapist today. Cool. Um, you know, because that, that's, that was the thing I just needed to talk to somebody about yeah. this. Uh, and you know, it's not something I wanted to, uh, you know, I felt like a failure. I felt like, you know, I, I was, I couldn't handle this and all that. And it took me a couple of days to even tell my wife I was, I got, I signed up for a therapist uh, and okay. I needed alcohol to, to tell her that, um, yeah. that liquid courage. But, um, yeah. you know, that's kind of where it all started then in January of that 2019. Okay. So once you, um, took that step into, to therapy, I'm curious to hear, how did you end up at, you know, what brought you to reframe and, uh, you know, like what was the transition process there? Was it, cause that, was that just a year ago that you started at, at reframe now about, or is it? Been yeah. So reframe came out in uh, the summer of 2020. So that was, I was about a year and a couple months alcohol free at that point. Okay. Whenever reframe officially came out, I was actually the first user, I think. Um, oh, I, nice. I, I knew because I was kind of involved with a thousand hours dry. Okay. And, and they were connected. You know, Kayla was so you connected Kayla. with, uh, yeah, the founders of Reframe, and um, and so I knew it was coming out that day. And I was on a walk with my wife at like six thirty in the morning, and I was like, "Oh, the app's out!" And I downloaded it, and yeah. so yeah, that was a uh, nice. <laughs> um, but uh, so from there, like, I, I was never going to be alcohol free. Like, you know, I I, I would say like I. I got my therapist so that she can install a dimmer switch in my head. Like I never, I never had an off switch, but if she can just tone it down a little bit so mm -hmm. I can drink normally type of thing, like that's, that was my expectation, um, of therapy of what I was going to do. And I'm like, sure, I'll take a time off. Like I was motivated. Like <laughs> once I did that, like it was almost like this weight just lifted. Like I told my wife and it was like admitting that I had a problem, but that weight kind of came off where I didn't have to deal with it alone. Okay. And I was working with my therapist and I, you know, so I, after a couple of days, you know, I, I, I stopped for like 60 days. Um, it wasn't easy, but 
it, it, I was, like I said, it, there was, I was riding that motivation, uh, to, that I was finally doing something about it. Yeah. Uh, and I got to, I, at that point I was, my weight was, I was 240. I was, uh, 235, 240. I was, you know, my cholesterol was super high. My blood pressure, all those numbers were going up and I'm like, I need to do something here or I'm going to have a heart attack and, you know, yeah. or whatever else, um, and, and die. Um, and so, but then the whole time there, I just remember I had to be so annoying. I'm like, yeah, but when should I drink again? Like, when can I introduce it? Like, right. I have a conference in San Antonio in March. I got vacation at the end of April. I got like, what's a good time? And obviously she's going to be like, well, what do you think is a good time? <laughs> you know, what, <laughs> what, what, do you, what are your, what are the pros and cons of, you know, introducing it or not? And, you know, all that stuff. And um, so, you know, I, I went, I went 60 days and then in San Antonio, I kind of let it back in. Um I was good. I had one drink the first night, the second night I walked in and it was a, a whiskey tasting. And I just, I literally said to my boss, I'm like, Oh, fuck me. Yeah. Uh, we can swear on this right now. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, please do. It's <laughs> okay. in fact, it's encouraged. <laughs> okay. Uh, but that's literally what I say. Cause he knew I was kind of, do, I was kind of doing some things and he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, you're going to be drinking tonight. I'm like, yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't anything bad, but it was definitely like, you know, you go in there with a plan. Yeah. The plan gets thrown out the window immediately just because some, you know, a wrench gets thrown, a big wrench got thrown in there. Yeah. Like, like if yeah. they had like a, Hey, we're having a tequila tasting and margaritas, all this stuff, I would have been like, fine. Yeah. Uh, but it was like, yeah, my kryptonite, I guess you can yeah. say. And then it was just back and forth for a couple more weeks. And then, Hey, I'm like, we're doing this vacation at the end of April. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to try and moderate on vacation for once. And, and I did, it worked, you know, one night one on a Monday, like it, it, I drank more than I wanted to, you know, happy hour lasted longer than expected. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then Friday I was just like, ah, screw it. Like it's the end of the week type of thing. But overall I was successful, but I was the whole time I'm sitting there with my rules and like, okay. And I'd sit there and I'd be like the last one up and uh, I'm like, okay, I can't drink anymore. I just sit there and like watch a show or something. I'm like, all right, this is I'm like, all right, should I get one? Shouldn't I? And it was just that, you know, battle. And yeah. Um, so I came home and I was like, okay, I'm going to try this again. Uh, I'm going to try and do 61 days, one more day than, than the okay. last. And that was, was kind of my start. And I did not think I was going to, when I woke up that Monday, so I passed out on Saturday, you know, Sunday night, because I'm like, oh, it would come back. I have alcohol left. And I'm like, well, I'm mm-hmm. starting again tomorrow. So I got to gotta finish it off. Yeah. Got to finish it up and yep. passed out in Game of Thrones and, uh, which I now every, every April 28th, I watched that, uh, the night King episode to commemorate, uh, that. And actually we just, I usually will just watch the ending part where I <laughs> missed the first time that you missed. Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of my little tradition now. Uh, but, uh, I started the next day and I woke up and I just felt like shit. And I was like, there's no way I'm making it to the weekend. Um, and then as the week went on, I felt kept feeling a little bit better, a little bit better. I'm like, all right, I can do this in okay. uh, 61 days. And yeah. then I just get, as I kept going, it's uh, you know, I kept just pushing it out a little bit more. Like after 30 days, I was, you know, using the tools that I was working on all throughout this year already mm-hmm. uh, and having, you know, going, you doing therapy, still doing all that stuff. Um, you know, I, I kind of got to the, the point where I was like, all right, well, 30 days in, I'm like, let's go with 90, let's go with 90 days, shoot for that. And then I just kept pushing it out and, 
and from there, like before, right before I hit one year, that's when I started, uh, I saw they had a uh, thousand hours dry, the Instagram mm-hmm. page. Cause I started sharing on Instagram and you know, that, that was, Instagram was a big part for me in my, my own journey because, you know, I started my Instagram page because my therapist said, you know, I, I, you know, I kept seeing that summer, all the, Hey, one year ago today, this is what you were drinking. Like one year ago today, all those things. And yeah, and he's like, well, why don't you, you know, start posting new pictures, better pictures so that next year you'll have better things to look at. Mm. Like, Good idea. So I created an Instagram page. It was anonymous. I didn't follow anybody. Nobody followed me. I just posted like my day count, uh, something funny or something I found on the internet that day. And, uh, that I just screenshot and put on there and mm-hmm. a picture I took every day. Boom, 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 boom. It just became part of my routine. Okay. Um, and then like October, like three months later, I'm sitting there on the couch posting my stuff and I go to my wife. I'm like, do you know I have a second Instagram account? She's like, no, why? Um, or what's that for? I'm like, so I, she was my first follower and mm-hmm. I just showed her that. And then I started like sharing, you know, then I started like following other people and they would mm-hmm. follow me back but I was still private. And so little by little, I kind of, you know, came out of that shell. Uh, and I would, but I started sharing there and it, it helped me to, cause you know, that journaling for me was a big piece of my, I talk about all the time. Like people are probably, probably roll their eyes and reframe meetings every time I bring it up, like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think it is such a powerful tool just to, you know, that we don't typically use, uh, especially as maybe guys, you know, yeah. that we don't put our thoughts, we don't get our thoughts out enough. Um, we don't say them, we don't write them. We don't, you know, do that. And just by getting it out of our head and onto a piece of paper, well, for me, it started with the therapy where I was like messaging her, uh, my therapist. And mm-hmm. so I'd send it, send her, Hey, you know, I just had a craving. This is kind of what was going on. And I would process it uh, and send it. Uh, and then I started using my journal app and then I would, start everything there. And then I would send it to her and I'd be like, Oh, you know what? Ange, my wife would, I'll send, I'll text this to her and, you know, be like, and she would be sitting next to me on the couch. I'd be like, Hey, read that. Uh, because that was easier for me to kind of get my thoughts out, you know, in a nice organized manner versus yeah. like talking about it. And I could just text it to her. I'm like, that's what I'm thinking right now. That's what I'm going through in my head. And so that helped. Um, but yeah, sharing on Instagram, the same thing. It was like just being able to get my thoughts out of my head and and put it out there for accountability for, um, and then people started being like, oh, you know, I thank you for this. Like this helped so much. And, you know, that made me feel good. Like, Hey, you know, that's great to help other people. And, um, you know, and, and, and that's why I said, I always thought about this and I've told people this since like, I was always like, oh, should I post this? Is this too much? Is this stupid? Is this, and I, I got, I got out of caring about that a long time ago because, you know, I was like, if one person messages me and says, oh, thank you for this, I'm there you good. Go. There like, you go. Yeah. That, that was my goal. I didn't care how many likes I got. I didn't care how many, if, if somebody said something to that effect, I was happy that I posted it. Okay. Um, and somebody always said something to that effect. Cause I know I did that on other people's posts. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, so it's just kind of giving back that way and uh, back and forth really. Yeah. So uh, they had, uh, so with Instagram, they had a uh, opening for hosts on thousand hours dry. So I reached out. And so I started uh, sharing there 
Um, I remember I, I, my first day hosting on thousand hours dry, I took the day off as a Friday and I, my screen time was like 18 hours of Instagram. I don't think <laughs> I, I had it plugged in the entire day, just doing, I was just all in and trying to, you know, make sure I kept up with comments and all that. That was like a big deal for me. Yeah. Um, and, but yeah, then I started doing that and, um, that was in, so that was in 2020. So that same month I, I hit one year alcohol free. Uh, and then that summer reframe came out. Okay. Um, and that fall, you know, as part of Instagram more so than reframe, like as part of Instagram and that I, I was like, you know what, I kind of want to, I kind of like what I'm doing here. I kind of want to help more. And I looked into, I actually looked into like online degrees like hey do i want to get my psychology degree and master's and go down that road mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know then i kind of looked into coaching as well and uh, i started my coaching certification that fall of 2020 i believe okay and then yeah so i finished that up in the spring of 2021 then uh and all the while working you know full time uh in that and then april of 2021 is when uh reframe started uh, offering the coaching Okay. And then meetings started shortly after that, which they were small. And, you know, sometimes I was in there by myself and, uh, that was, that was it. Uh, and now there's like always a hundred people on each meeting, at least. Uh, it's been crazy. Yeah. Even just in the, in the, uh, nine months since I've been on meetings, I mean, this winter, it would be 50 or 60 people. And then, you know, by the spring, it was well over a hundred and sometimes pushing, a couple hundred people. It's just been yeah. amazing to see how it's exploded and and how the community has really been so vibrant. And um, you know, Instagram being such an integral part of my own journey. And yeah. as you're telling the story, I'm like, oh my god, no wonder I feel so connected to Kevin because you know I got married at 24, had our firstborn at 27, who's now 15, yeah. and um, 2015 was kind of a, a changing, a tipping point year for me as well, where the trajectory changed, and um, and then really getting to, yeah, it just so much of your story resonates with me personally. I know it's going to resonate with many others. My question to you is, I think I've heard you describe yourself, maybe if not with the word introvert in meetings, uh, but you would describe yourself as someone who is not, that the the coming out for you or the, the, the connecting, you described it there with the AA, you know, you're like, well, that was a big step for me where I was at. Can you talk to, talk to me and talk to the listeners about if someone feels that way, because I actually have described myself as a, you know, I'm an effusive extrovert, but I drank myself into a hole where I didn't want to connect with other people. And I'm not trying to make introversion sound bad. I'm just saying that I was at a place where, where reaching out and connecting felt very risky because I'd been burned by so many people. So could you talk to me some about just what life has been like for you with your personality and your temperament and how that kind of played into your uh, coming out so much. So, so publicly now and being a, such a, a public figure for so many of us. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It has not been easy. Uh, Cause yeah, I would describe myself like I thought I used to be extroverted anybody on the outside would be like, Oh yeah, that, that would have, but I was not. And it took like, not drinking and, and going down that road to realize, and I kind of, I knew it, but I was, uh, I think I just said this the other day, I'm, I'm an introvert with extrovert tendencies. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I force myself, you know, I can, you know, I'm comfortable with being in social situations and things like that. You know, it's not, but I, I don't, 
I'm definitely not as extroverted as I am when I was drinking, uh, you know, and, and just, I mean, that's more not caring too. Um, but yeah, I know, like I'm, I'm, I'm very, you know, I'm an accountant by trade. I mean, accountant, accounting fit me and it didn't like, you know, it, it, I definitely am very analytical and I like to think things through and, and all that. And so I'm, I'm, I'm over analytical and I'm over critical of myself too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have a, um, yeah, I have a blog post out there on my imposter syndrome and, and just things like that. And yeah. that's, uh, you know, something I still deal with and it's, but it gets easier with practice. Right. And that's what I've, I've learned is like, I, I've, <laughs> uh, I actually blame Kayla for all of this because <laughs> I, I did one Instagram live and uh, on a thousand hours dry and right after that Instagram, and I wasn't planning on doing it, you know, so I ended, I ended up doing Instagram lives each week for a year and a half. Oh, wow. And like the, the first one I did, I, I was just doing it with a friend and uh, um, I think it was Sober Sadie and, and we just talked, she reached a thousand days. So we, you know, we just talked and that was it. And, and then right like the day after I'm getting copied on emails by Kayla, just reaching out to all these people, all these big people like, Hey, do you want to come on coffee chats with Kevin? I'm like, Oh, now has a name. Like what the <laughs> hell is happening here? Like, I did not sign up for this. Uh, and, but I'm the type too, that if you force something on me like that, I'm not, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Uh, and, and figure it out along the way. But it, it was just funny how, you know, how that kind of started the ball rolling on this and, you know, it, it, that helped me though, you know, branch out and, and do things that were not comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram wasn't comfortable for me at first, you know, and it, that took time. Like, you know, I would agonize over posting something like the wording and making sure like mm-hmm. my wife, my wife has read every single one of my Instagram posts up until like a couple months ago, just cause now I just fire them off when I think about them. Um, mm-hmm whenever I feel something, I, I just push, push it out there. And so it, it, it pushed me out of that, that introversion a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, just talking with more and more people just got comfortable doing that. Okay. Um, and it, it just, you know, the first, the first couple people I, I talked to on the Instagram lives, like I listened to all the podcasts they've done. I researched it and all that. And by the end, I was like, who am I talking to today? I'm like, Oh, that's right. And I had already like, known about them and, and done, it just became yeah. a lot easier, yeah. uh, you know, as I went on to, to do those. Um, and it's the same thing with like, with like reframe and like, um, so coaching is brand new to me too. Like, you know, I would mm-hmm. go to a desk and I would have my dual monitors and I would do my spreadsheets at work and all that. Now I'm like, I would talk to people who I've known for 15 years in the office. Um, and, but now it's like, I'm talking to new people all the time and I'm, yeah. Uh, you know, that's my job is to talk. So it kind of, uh, so, you know, it's definitely a a transition there that I'm still, you know, working on day to day. I mean, it's not, it gets easier. How do you kind of manage the, how do you keep the exhaustion factor at bay? Because, you know, I know that if you're an introvert by nature and you, and you have all this, you know, external conversations and connections that it can be overwhelming. How do you kind of pace yourself and how do you take care of yourself and all that? I'll let you know when I figure that out. (laughs) No. Yeah. I mean, that's something like two weeks ago, I was talking to my therapist and, and we basically are like, all right, we need to come up with a plan here to, to, you know, kind of refocus like, cause I, and I think that's it. It's, 
for me, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm an introvert. I'm a, a people pleaser, uh, you know, imposter syndrome. So I'm going to try, you know, my hardest to kind of figure things out and work on this and I'll take on, you know, I'm, I, I say yes to everything. And, um, you know, so it, a lot of it is catching myself when I start to slide down that. Yeah. Like I, you know, and it, it's just like, you know, I kind of set it up and I'm like, okay, I'm going to rework my schedule a little bit. Um, you know, I'm not going to open up my hours all this time. I'm going to kind of narrow it. So it's focused time. Uh, I'm going to include more creative time as she called it, like reading and doing things that I enjoy that are helpful for what I do, but also cool. helpful for me. Um, and just, you know, just rebalancing, right. Yeah. Like rebalancing my account of how I'm, you know, if I just get, you know, like my, you know, if someone like a money manager rebound, like, if, Hey, the stock market goes up and now my stocks and bonds or whatever cash is out of whack yeah. in a mutual fund, let's say, yeah. you know, you have to rebalance it. Like, you know, you, so it's just doing that periodically is, is how I focus on it. Like monthly, almost cool. Like at the end of a month, how did this month go? What do I need to change? Let's, let's try and switch it uh, for the month ahead. Oh, and I see now uh, you and I are so similar in so many ways. It's like, if you just reverse the, it's like, if you replace introvert with extrovert, that's me. And you replace worse, not as cool beard with me as cool as yours, then uh, that would be, otherwise we're very we're both, so we similar. Both have, we both have the wider gray patch the wider, the, in the middle. Yeah. That's right. And, and mine is, mine is more prominent than yours. And so I think I, maybe I, maybe I'm older than you, or at least I appear that I, I am. Got, I got all the white it's stuff coming. over here. It's that, that, that's where I keep that trimmed down. So, that... <laughs> but even for, that's right. You gotta, we gotta, we gotta keep it at bay as long as we can. Yeah. Uh, no, but for me as an extroverted caregiver, it's like the the connections would be so almost it was almost like too much of a good thing for me where like I'm giving, 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 and this feels so good and it's great and and it and it helped with my imposter syndrome and my, you know, yeah. all these other th- and my people pleasing that, yeah. you know, it it helped feed on itself and to the point that I didn't realize how exhausted I was getting, or I did, or I knew, but I didn't know how to stop. And so I, I, you know, I just say that as a way to say, you know, for the extroverts that are out there, you know, we're all there, there are pitfalls and traps for all of us, regardless of our temperament and our, and our tendencies. And, uh, I think it's so important for all of us, what Kevin's saying to just, you know, find time and take time for ourselves. I've, I've taken some time in the last couple of days to sleep. Like I traveled back home with my service dog a few days ago for, you know, and this flight, a couple of flights with a dog. If you've never done that before, he wasn't down in the, in the cargo hold. Like he was in the seat with me because he's a service dog. And so, you know, that was stressful. And then getting him home and trying to teach him how to go do DoorDash with me and going out to stores with him and stuff has been stressful. And so like, I've given myself the grace to just sleep a little more and maybe not to work so much on the podcast as much as I normally would or whatever, uh, you know, so my point in saying that is just finding those boundaries for myself has been so important. So that's been helpful for me um, in hearing what you said. And I, and I know that's going to be helpful for others too. My, my final question to you though, is how do you, so this is the podcast uh, for newly sober people uh, learning to love ourselves instead of booze. And so my question to all of my guests on season three is how do you show love to yourself? So, you know, I, I'd asked you about like, how do you kind of keep boundaries or how do you sort of pace yourself and how do you take care of yourself? But I'm going to ask you kind of a deeper question, which is how do you show love to yourself? Because I think that that's the thing that when I started 
sorry, this is going to be a long-winded question. When I started Reframe back last winter, it was Vonda, who's my very first guest on season one, episode one of this little podcast. And Vonda, with the way that she showed love to herself in February, she had a slip and she said, you know what? She's like, she got to like day 14 or 15 and she had a slip and she was like, you know what? God damn it. I'm not resetting my, she's like, I worked hard for those 15 days. I'm not resetting my clock. Yeah. And it was, and and the way that she was kind to herself was so different. And, and that was what I heard so much from you coaches was like, you know, let's find a way to find the good in who we are now, even if we don't like what we see. And even if we don't like what we're doing there, there's going to be something good there and let's try to be kind to ourselves. So how do you, how do you show love to yourself now that you're in, you know, three and a half years into sobriety, it's still a day-to-day grind uh, for you. I'm sure, Uh, you know, even if there aren't as many cravings themselves, but like, how do you, you know, how do you cope in the midst of all the craziness of life? How do you show love to yourself? Long question. Feel free to answer as long as you want. Yeah. Um, And it's funny because like the the last thing I posted on Instagram was like, you know, I I don't really have all uh, cravings for alcohol anymore. Um, They do pop up, you know, but that that is not something that's day to day for me now, uh, which I'm I'm happy for. Right. But they do they do creep up. And and, because now, you know, I, I what I shared was like. Now, you know, I, I truly kind of, you know, change my, like they talk about an atomic habits, right. You know, true habit change is identity change. Mm, like, yeah, not, yeah. not that it's, the goal isn't to run the marathon. The goal is to become a runner. Right. Mm-hmm. The goal wasn't for me. The, the goal for me at, at a certain point, it switched, you know, cause obviously I didn't know, you know, it, it was tough early on figuring it out, like, you know, what path I was on or what I wanted to do, but the goal wasn't to just not drink. The goal was to become alcohol free to yeah. be, an alcohol free person. And I feel like I've gotten to that identity, gotten to that point. Now that it doesn't mean I can't change my identity and go back to that. Like, sure. you know, so I'm not, I'm not cocky or anything like that to say that like, Oh, that's who, just who I am now. I'm not going to drink again. Um, or I'm not going to fall down that, uh, you know, I'm not going to slip up, you know, at any point. Um, but you know, then I said like, well, how, okay. So I, I did that. I changed that. I'm like, how do I change my identity as a chronic people pleasing, <laughs> you know, introverted, doesn't always like myself type of person. Uh, you know, I was like asking for a friend, like, and I just said like the work, you know, the work isn't over now that I'm alcohol free, just might be a little different. Just might be, you know, I'm, I'm continuing to work on myself. Um, and, you know, I, I think, that's probably it is just to continue knowing that getting to that point where it's not, there's no goal, there's no destination, final destination that like, it's just allowing myself to continually be a work in progress, I think is how I would say I show love to myself. Like, I don't think I, I don't think I reached it, reached the end, you know, the goal, or I don't think I, you know, I, I allow, and I think that's the key point is I allow myself to, be a fuck up at some things and to to not be perfect at this, not be perfect at that, to be, you know, to do too much, uh, some, some days and too little on others and just trying to keep allowing myself to work on it. Um, I love, I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on atomic habits right now because of the doing the book club. So, you know, what do they say? If you want to really learn, teach type of thing, like, But reading this in order to talk about it has definitely helped. But I love the one line in there where he's, he said, there's just a phrase where he just says, you know, the goal really, really is to 
try, fail, learn, try different. Um, and just kind of that perpetual cycle of, you know, not being, you know, Hey, if I fail at something or if I'm not doing something right now that I think I need to be doing or want to be doing, like, that's fine. You know, that doesn't mean I'm failing at it. I can just learn from it and move on. Yeah. So I think allowing myself to, to do that and to continue to just work on myself, um, whatever that looks like. Right. I mean, cause you know, today could be different than tomorrow. It could be different than the next month, the next year, yeah. uh, you know, what I feel I need. Um, I, I don't know if that's a good answer. No, that's, um, that's, that's great. And I think it, it, as you were talking about that, the try and fail, et cetera, um, it makes you think of this is random, but there's a guy on Instagram that shows up in my feed a lot who teaches about like, this is how you get more people to follow, like whatever. And I, and I watch him and he does these cool little like writing. Th- I've seen you do these where you like write something out as, as the real. And so he like yeah. draws a little like algorithmic sketch of you do this, whatever, and he, and, but it ends with try shit. He's like, you know, it, you can't, you can't figure out what works until you try it. So just yeah. try some shit. And if yeah. it doesn't work, then try something else. And so, yeah you know, like you said earlier, it was like, just reach out to somebody. It's, you know, even if it's just that one person, uh, right. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I think that's a, that's a problem in our society. I'll say, I'll go global here and say society, like we allow ourselves to fail. We don't, we think that if I can't do something right away because, oh, I see the sober ginger on Instagram, he can do this. Why can't I like, Right. Uh, And you don't see, you know, you don't go back all in my feed and see, like, read through all the times when I was struggling and and getting through shit and thinking through this and being introspective and all that and and dealing with it. You know, you don't see you don't see those first couple months. I wasn't on sharing about those first couple months yet uh, when I was slipping, when I was trying to figure all this out. I've shared some of my journal posts from that time, but um you know, and it, it's, we, we, we give up too soon. We, you know, we mm. say like, Hey, I'm going to try this. And then when it doesn't work, we're like, well, I guess I can't do it. And, you know, in around alcohol, right. I mean, that's, yeah. the, that's, you, I, I wouldn't be here today talking to you three and a half years alcohol free. If I didn't fall down on my flat on my face in San Antonio, if I didn't fall down flat on my face, so countless times before I even started there and, you know, or just all those day ones, like if granted hindsight's 2020, right. It's nice and easy to, to look back at it. Yeah. Um, but in those times I was still like trying to work on it and just be like, all right, this sucks. Like, but, but it's like that mindset of like, I'm, I, okay, I failed. That doesn't mean I'm a failure, right? Yeah. I keep going and I can keep learning from it. Um, and that's just what I tried to do. Uh, it, it's not, it wasn't always, you know, it wasn't always that simple. I, I definitely still, uh, I get, I'm the worst. I get down on myself hard. Um, so yeah, that wasn't easy, but, you know, allowing yourself to fail. Okay. Um, that's not licensed to fail. That's not giving you, you know, no. out, right? but it's going to happen. Yeah. We've been doing things for so this way for so long, it's going to take time to do it a different way. Um, so give yourself some time. Well, that's certainly what I needed to hear today. Thank you for that because, you know, I, I've spent, spent a lot of time lately feeling like a failure. I'm on like job number 
13 or 14 since I left active duty, you know, it, it's like, I, what the hell am I doing? You know, yeah. where's the, where's the direction I'm, I used to be so good at what I did. And now I don't feel like I'm good at anything that I do. And none of, that's not true, but it just job after job has not been the right fit. And so I keep saying, okay, maybe this next one will be, maybe it was yeah. just leading me to this, but so then you can tend to, then I can tend to build it up and like, well, okay, maybe this is it. And then yeah. put too much weight on that one thing, but maybe just going back to trusting the process and allowing myself to say like, okay, this is more about the identity. It's not so much about the outcomes, uh, like shameless plug for atomic habits. It's about, you know, you, yeah. you can go from outcomes to systems to identity, or you can start at the identity yeah. and then the outcome and then the, out. which yeah. will generate the systems and then the outcomes that come out of it. So I, I just want to thank you for everything that you've shared today and give you just open it up. If there's anything else that you wanted to say, that's on your, your head or your heart for the audience today. Well, yeah, just what you said there, it's like, you know, with, with your job, like, uh, you know, going through different jobs and like, maybe this is it. And I think that's it. I think that's the, uh, maybe, right. I right. think we build things up and we, we have this thing in our head that this is what I need to do. This is where the direction I need to go. And Sometimes when, you know, and, and the, the thing I think we need to realize is like, maybe it is and maybe it isn't like, you know, maybe, hey, I got this great, I got this new job and this is going to be great. Uh, and um, maybe, but you could get in there and you could absolutely hate it. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and or you could get this job that you think is just this is just something temporary or whatever. And then you get in there and you're like, this is awesome. I love these people. I love what I'm doing. It's gives me the freedom to do this, that, and the other thing. And like, you know, so it's, it's always like kind of just realizing that we don't know, like we label things as good and bad. Right. And I think, you know, I think kind of, that's one thing I've, I kind of think about a lot is like, we label things as good and good and bad when really we don't know. Right. I mean, yeah, grass isn't always greener type of stuff. Like, you know, but you know, some things that I think we need to get rid of the good and bad labels and just kind of see how things turn out and try new things. Yeah. And it fail. seems like, like we, like I've taken the out, you know, talking atomic habits, it's like, I've taken the job and the job has always been in the identity in the identity spot. When in reality, the job was an outcome that like, I, I needed to be seeing like wh whatever came out of who I am, then that's yeah. fine. But I've, I've kind of like flipped it, I think in my head, and maybe I'm totally butchering what James Clear is saying in that book, but I think. No, like, but like, uh, like, you know, I think personally, like I, I never, if you would ask me three years ago, if I'd be doing this, like, no, I mean, I've, I've been an accountant for 21 years. I was at the yeah. company, company for 15 years before I left. And that was just what I was going to do. And, you know, I think little by little, I realized as I kept doing this hobby, I'll call it the Instagram and stuff like that. Like, then I kind of was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do coaching. Like I'm going to sign up for this coaching certification. And I told myself like, I'll do it. And if, if it just helps me with, you know, on Instagram and helping people like just sharing more, like I'm willing to just do it for that. Like, yeah. it's not, it's not like I was like, oh, this is going to be my career and all that. Um, and but then little by little, as I kept doing it, I kept feeling like when I was doing it part-time, you know, I, I would, I would, you know, comparing that to my full-time job. And I'd be like, I kind of slowly got to the point. I'm like, this matters to me. Yeah. It matters to other people. And this matters to me. This doesn't matter as much to me anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, I just kind of let things go and see where, see where it led. And it's kind of what I'm still doing. I feel. Okay. 
um, which is scary. And I've questioned it numerous times since I left <laughs> making a decision, like for my family and all that, like security yeah. and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I'm just, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Well, thanks for, uh, taking time out of that busy schedule that you got to talk to us. And, um, yeah, we will close the episode by Al and I saying, uh, to all of our sober family around the world, goodbye, alcohol mwah, huh? and hello life and uh, much love to you all and peace. Peace.